0: know it all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb and then smart again. I'm Helen Hong, and now from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton.
1: Thank you everybody, thank you Helen Hong. Helen, how are you? I'm
0: very well, how are you, Jakey?
1: Helen, I'm very curious to the answer to this question. What have you been up to since the last recording of our episode of Go Fact Yourself?
0: I went to the bathroom.
1: <laughs> wow. I
0: had a sip of water.
1: Uh-huh. And back for more. The resilient Helen Hong. Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Helen, who
0: is up first? She is a comedian who's appeared on America's Got Talent, tours the world, and is head content producer on the game show Funny You Should Ask. It's Jody Miller! Jody Miller! Jody Miller!
2: Jody Miller.
0: Hello,
1: Jody. So, please stick it down.
2: Thank you so much for having me. My Welcome, pleasure.
1: Jody. Now, Jody, it says here in my notes that you are my boss.
2: Uh, I am, yeah. That's right.
1: <laughs> I also work on the game show Funny You Should Ask. You do. You are head content producer. Mm-hmm. I am a uh, foot content producer.
2: <laughs> Keep that in mind, so if I don't win tonight, don't bother coming in tomorrow. All
1: right. Fair enough. Uh, uh, for those who don't know, tell, tell us about the, the show Funny You Should Ask.
2: Funny You Should Ask is a comedy trivia game show. It's no on- way. Yeah, it a is. Co- a comedy trivia game show? Isn't that crazy? Uh, <laughs> it's on five days a week. It's six comedians, uh, lots of trivia, lots of funny jokes, two contestants trying for big money. <laughs> and uh it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to work a- on the and show. And in addition to producing
1: content, you actually appear as one of these comedians on the show. I'm actually also on
2: the show as well.
1: Excellent. And who are some of the comedians that you get to uh, share the
2: stage with? Uh John Lovitz, Louie Anderson, Howie Mandel, Wow Gabriel Iglesias, Tim Meadows. Comedy legends. Yes. Uh Natasha Leggero, Sherry Shepherd, <gasps> Jack A. Yeah, it's it's actually it's wonderful. It's a really amazing experience. It's been a great we're wrapping up season one. It's been a great season. It's and, actually um, yeah. impressive
0: that you're head content producer because you guys produce a lot of content. Because how many shows it's have you It's a lot done? of content.
2: We're fin- we're wrapping up 131. So it is a lot See, of that's jokes. That's epic. Somewhere around of like 40,000 questions. Wow. It's a lot of trivia. Right.
1: Uh, let's move on to something else. You, uh, Helen recently got back from performing for the troops abroad, yes. and you've done that a, a few times.
2: I've done it, yeah, four times. It's a- where,
1: where have you been, and, and what was the experience
2: like for you? Uh, I've been to Afghanistan. <gasps> I've been to Honduras. Uh, I've also been to the Bahamas. Yeah, (laughs) which is amazing. It's weird how they swing back and they do. It's they swing all over the place. I've been to Cuba, Greenland. um, Wow. uh, Yeah, it's it's been an amazing experience to do that. It's also been an amazing honor to do that. To entertain the troops. I'm sure sure you felt that. Yeah, it
0: it really was. I mean, I got booked to do this gig. Um, It's it's in a city called Adana, which is like nearest to the Syrian border. So I was actually afraid to go. But then I ran into Wanda Sykes at a comedy club, and she was like, "Oh my God, they're going to be so happy you're there." And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's about them. It's about
2: them. (laughs) I know. I know. We make it about us. I know the whole time. Them. I'm doing it for
0: the troops. So yeah, that put the whole thing in perspective, and I was like, you know what, Helen, stop whining. It's for them. Just
2: go. They really appreciate it too. They just appreciate that you're there talking to them. I think my favorite part is after the show, just interacting with them, the men and women who are just so brave and, really? You know, really sacrifice so much to be there. Just talking to them, even for like 15, 20 minutes, they really appreciate it. Just hearing it's not any, h- Yes, and they just want to talk about stuff from home. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like baseball games or what movies are out. Like, that's all they want to talk about. It. It's yeah. really, it's a pleasure. And there's also a lot of hot guys, and I'm single, so you know. <laughs> it's like better than Tinder, like, way better. Yes.
1: <laughs> Thank you for your service.
2: Kelly
1: um, <laughs> mentioned in the introduction that you appeared on America's Got
2: Talent. I did. Uh, I live in an America, and I have talent. Oh, so okay. On, well, now uh, it's uh, verified. are the two requirement. No, did I read? <laughs>
1: this right you actually won your your uh, performance to advance to the next round but then they didn't have you back
2: I had a four judge uh, standing ovation oh. which was amazing amazing it was really amazing it was uh, it was an amazing you experience. killed it she I killed it if you, you YouTube it she killed uh, it yeah the video is just recently again gone viral it's like 40 million views it's oh, insane wow. yeah it's it was an amazing experience. I was getting ready to go to the next round. And unfortunately, reality television, especially Usually. competition, is not always what it seems. And I got an email the morning I was supposed to leave for the second round, just like, thanks, but we're going to go in a different direction. I'm it's, like, how do you? How does that even happen? It's because yeah. you're not hot mess enough. I, uh, maybe, I think that's honestly. what it is. I honestly think. Either that or it's because I don't have a kid, and they were like, whoa, this cougar uh, is going to be a little too edgy for us. <laughs> But to be honest with you, looking back, I would never, you know what I mean, they can't ever take that experience away from me. I, I don't regret it. Anybody that I see, like Vicky Barbalak is on this season, and I'm so proud of her. I'm, I always encourage people to go out for stuff like that, because it I gained thousands of new fans. It was an amazing experience, and yeah, I'm grateful just for that.
1: Uh, excellent. And uh, you, have a, you have a record that's out, or you have another record that's uh, going to be coming up?
2: Uh, yeah, My album is out on iTunes, No Child Left Behind. Uh, right now, I'm... I'm not I not in any plans to record another one. I'd like to record a special, but we're just wrapping up
1: yeah. obviously. You got a lot on your plate.
2: A lot of this you show. You gotta manage
1: people like this guy yeah, too. I it's, do. It's it takes a lot, lot it's of a lot. time. Excellent. <laughs> well we appreciate you made time for us. Miss Jody Miller, me. ladies Thank and gentlemen. You guys. Helen against whom will Jody be competing?
0: He is an Emmy award-winning TV host who hosted 15 seasons of America's Funniest Home Videos and recently finished his 26th season as host of Dancing with the Stars on ABC. It's Tom Bergeron! Tom Bergeron! Thank you. Thank you very
3: much.
1: Wow. Hello, Mr. Bergeron.
0: Hello. It's
1: really you. It is. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: 26 seasons. That seems t- too many. No, that seems like a lot. Yeah, well, it is, uh, though my accountant and I are pleased. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Yeah. And how many of them are, 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 would you remember? If I, if I were to say, oh, remember on season 12 when you did this? We, no, no I, I, <laughs> I barely
4: remember the one we just finished, <laughs> frankly, <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Do, do you have a favorite, uh, a favorite
4: season or a favorite, season, a favorite dance? Maybe yeah, the season favorite moment? three, uh, when I knew that this was actually going to take off, that this, this had some you know, durability to it, Emmett Smith uh, won, Super mm-hmm. Bowl champion Emmett Smith won that season. And was the first in a long line of athletes who who proved to be pretty proficient at the quick step and the Paso Doble. Who who knew? Who knew?
0: (laughs) Do you dance, Tom?
4: With enough tequila. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Me too. Absolutely,
4: yeah. Now, you've hosted a lot. You actually wrote a book about hosting. I did, called I'm Hosting As Fast As I Can. Yeah, back in 2008. How did you
1: start hosting?
4: Uh, I was in high school. I had a teacher who was uh, a, an English teacher who worked part-time at the local radio station. And uh, I, my a, attempt to get in his class and brown-nose the hell out of him worked, and he introduced <gasps> me to the local station manager. But I had already interviewed uh, Mo and Larry of the Three Stooges wow. on a cassette tape recorder in, my, in the house I grew up in in Haverhill, Massachusetts. I called out here... And got in touch with Larry Fine. Uh, now, how did you get, how did you think to get in touch with Larry Fine, and then how did you go about well, doing so? Well, there was tequila involved in that. Um...
1: <laughs> Great childhood out there in yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> Mom and Dad are out. Okay. Uh, so I called information out here in L.A. I knew Mo and Larry were still alive. I got the number for a Larry Fine. It wasn't the same one, but she knew where he was. What? Wait, wait It was a sheesh? There it was, was there? his mother answered, oh, and I thought okay. that can't be right. She'd be like 109. She gave me the number of uh, the motion picture home in Woodland Hills, where Larry was recovering from a stroke. I wow. talked to him, and about 10 minutes into our conversation, he said, you want Mo's number? <laughs> You're and kidding. he gave me Mo's home phone number. I called Mo's house, his wife answers, put Mo on the phone. Mo sounded just like he had walked off a sound stage. Said, who gave you this number? You know, <laughs> Larry did. And as I remember it, there was this lovely dramatic pause followed by, Larry. (laughs) (laughs) That numbskull. But then over the next 18 months, I talked to both of them about a half a dozen times. We turned some of those interviews into a special on uh, Howard Stern's XM station. Yeah, called The Lost Stooges.
0: So you were like a little hustler.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just uh, it it was just, I don't even now, it, it, now it, from this perspective, I don't know where I got the chutzpah to do it, but uh, I'm glad I did, because that actually helped me with that teacher getting a, an interview at the local radio station. Because you the,
0: showed initiative. Exactly, you showed, you you exactly. How to talk to and then you got yeah. on the radio, and then that led to TV. That led and... to
4: TV, and wow. yeah, yeah. You, and what, it all led here.
1: Yes, led <laughs> the pinnacle,
4: the pinnacle of your it's career. all coming to here. <laughs> 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 That's right, yeah. And
1: yeah. did anything, uh, have you ever had any stories of something going terribly wrong on, on live TV that, that
4: you had to uh, make good? There was a time in Boston when I was doing morning radio show and a midday live talk show on television, so I wasn't always doing my homework as well as I should. And, and uh, segment producers would hold up cards with suggested topics if I seemed to be drifting a little. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to some woman about some emotional uh, subject, I forget what it was, but the, the producer kept holding up a card, ask about her sister, ask about her sister. And she was getting more emphatic about it. So I turned to the stage manager to see how much time to a commercial, three minutes. I thought, oh, I can't vamp for three minutes. So I finally said, and how did your sister feel? And the woman went, Tom, my, my sister's dead. Oh. To which I replied, I know, but had she lived? <laughs> that's why he's the best, that's why he's Tom Bergeron. Thank you, friend.
1: Uh, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Jody, you said you know a lot about The Exorcist, <laughs> serial killers, <laughs> and this will help with those, Jack Daniels. Yes.
2: And it's a shocker, I'm still single. Oh.
1: Oh. Tell us a little about each of those interests. The Exorcist, for instance. Uh,
2: the Exorcist is just one of my all-time favorite movies. I love supernatural movies in general, not slashers, those, and that one... 45 years after its release still holds to this day is one of the scariest movies in my opinion you can still watch it and compare it to the movies that come out now with special effects and that one to me is just it's so scary and it takes something that people have a hard time grasping with like whether you believe in the afterlife or not that movie will still get you i because haven't had pea
4: soup since that See, movie exactly came out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean but it is anderson's pea soup and it is yeah, pretty amazing. Right. <laughs> uh,
1: and then serial killers
2: uh i there's something about serial killers just going inside the mind of a serial killer. I feel like I've probably dated a couple of potential serial mm-hmm. killers. So, uh, I feel like there's just because it's so far removed of who I am, I tell jokes on stage. I there's something so interesting about it getting inside the mind of a serial killer. Oh, I don't I know. Want. I know a few stand-up comedians who I'm like,
3: hmm. They probably
2: are, too. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Probably when they leave the stage and they're like, I gotta go somewhere, I'm like, I know where you're going. Um,
4: <laughs> but but you both, you use death imagery all the time. When you do a great set, you kill, That's you true. Slay. right, we do.
2: We murder, yeah. yeah we so, Very yes. insightful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And finally, you said you know a lot about Jack Daniels.
2: <laughs> um, well, yeah. He's been my boyfriend for the last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a pretty committed... Re- I mean he's sees other people from time to time <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah I just I don't mine's know. Tito's we oh should, double, God, date. We should do- I sometimes <laughs> double date sometimes I cheat on Jack with Tito yeah. uh, but Jack just I don't know what it is I was dating a guy once and every girl will tell you when you start dating someone and they like something when you're in your 20s you're like I like it too <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> So I started drinking it, and I just never stopped. I really love it, and I started learning about it because I really love it. And I and every time somebody tries to introduce me to a new bourbon, whiskey, sour mash, I'm like, absolutely not. I'm just white trash loyal. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: love my Jack. All right, and Tom, you're talking. Well, hold on. Oh, sorry. Before you even go to my topics, yes. I just I just want to set the stage yes. here. Yeah. He he told me her topics first. <laughs> I almost ran out of here. <laughs> Wait do you hear how genteel my
1: topics are. I like don't comparison. know. I mean, compared to Exorcist, Serial Killer, and Jack Daniels, these are some pretty hardcore ones. You told us you know a lot about silent film comedians.
0: <laughs> Aww.
1: The Andy Griffith Show.
0: <laughs> Double R.
1: And the crazy casting history of The Wizard of Oz. Really? I
4: know. Really? So edgy. So edgy, this Bergeron
0: one's juicy actually well yeah. technically
4: yeah. the wicked witch was a serial killer of a kind ah, That's right. yeah, very good yeah, yeah. Well,
1: tell us a little bit about each of those interests uh, silent film comedians the, the
4: silent film comedians i've always uh, even since childhood loved Cha- uh, Chaplin, keaton langdon lloyd laurel and hardy who were among the only silent film comedians who transitioned to sound really mm-hmm. well because they sounded like you you expected Chaplin, ah. by contrast Sounded aristocratic, uh, right. you know, and the, that was odd for the tramp. Right. Uh, but I'm eating a shoe. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at that. Um, and so I was always fascinated with that. So I came to enjoy latter-day physical comics, mm. too, like a Dick Van Dyke or Danny Kaye or Steve Martin, people like that.
1: I have a recollection of you doing
4: a Chaplin uh, piece. Was it on uh, Dancing with the Stars? Well, I did, yeah, the second season, because I wanted to experience what they went through viscerally. So I did a, a quick step, which was an homage to Chaplin and Stan Laurel and Dick Van Dyke. And... And it provided me, in all honesty, with some comic outs to, you know. (laughs) I think Len Goodman, one of our judges, uh, said after I finished, it was better suited for America's Funniest Videos.
1: But but it did what I
4: wanted it to do. Excellent. All
1: right, and then tell us about your interest in The Andy Griffith Show.
4: The Andy Griffith Show, I just, uh, I love that sort of uh, strange uh, assortment of characters, the comic chemistry. I'm particularly fond of the black and white years, the first five years that Don Knotts was part of. Because I thought that, in terms of comedy teams, harkening back to Laurel and Hardy and such, mm. they were uh, amazing. Griffith and Don Knotts together were just an amazing team, and the show never was the same after he left. And it went to color, and it just seemed strange. But mm. that there's a quality of black and white of that era of television and also films we were talking about backstage that makes it timeless. Mm-hmm. It's almost like putting it in amber, in mm-hmm. a way. And I I thought that show had a great cast and great And then speaking
1: of black and white and color, you uh, you said you know a lot about the crazy casting history of The Wizard of Oz. Well, yeah,
4: The Wizard of Oz is a fascinating movie. We take it for granted how it's part of our our culture now. It's part of our our sense of of cinema history. But not only was it not successful when it first was released, but the casting that could have been... Mm would have made a markedly different movie. We may touch on that later. But, uh, yeah, just it, it, it was a series of fortunate missteps that gave us the classic we know.
1: Great. Well, later on, we'll ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. Now, if either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person does have a chance to steal. Your subjects today, cold and hold. Up first, Jody with hold. Jody, they both help keep you safe from falling, but what is the difference between a handrail and a banister? A handrail and a banister.
2: Uh, I believe a handrail is separate from the wall, and a banister is freestanding and goes down. Okay.
1: Uh, we have Jody's answer. We don't know yet if she is correct. Tom, what do you think? If you don't think she's got it exactly right, you can try to see. Well,
4: steal. And, uh, I can BS as much as possible, too. So you, you don't even know <laughs> if I'm being accurate. All right. So a banister... Uh, would run, like like on a staircase, it would run the entire length Mm -hmm. uh, of the staircase. A handrail can be something that that is isolated for a a, a portion of it or can even be something like uh, you you would hold on to in a subway car.
1: Okay. Uh, Well, this segment needs to fall, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts.
0: Here are the facts. A banister is a railing that specifically accompanies a staircase. It is a type of handrail. A handrail is any type of railing that provides decorative appeal, safety, and stability.
1: Uh, That's right. So you can have a handrail on, say, a balcony or a bumpy path, but as soon as you put that on a staircase, you got yourself a banister. What does that mean? (laughs) I'm trying to get that started as a catchphrase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Helen, what does that mean as far as our scoring goes?
0: So, Tom, I think I'm going to give you a point for Bannister and then half a point for Handrail because you did say it it might be, you know isolated for a portion, yeah. So. Yeah, so a
1: handrail could be on another application. Oh, yeah, Thank you. so, Thank
0: you. yeah, a point and a half for Tom. Okay.
1: All right, well, up next is Tom. Uh, Tom, your topic is cold. Tom, they both can protect you from the cold, but when referring to an outer garment, what is the difference between a coat and a jacket?
4: Oh, well, a, a coat is a more formal uh, piece of uh, wardrobe, uh, you know, something like you, you might wear... Uh, out for dinner or, or you know over a suit jacket whereas a jacket is something that would have uh, the insignia of a sports team on it
1: <laughs> Okay so if you have like a Lakers patch on a coat that suddenly yeah. becomes a jacket It's uh, suddenly a jacket wow. yeah, yeah. It's The magic the, of patches
4: The resale value plummets uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, Alright well we've got Tom's answer we don't know yet if he's correct uh, Jody what do you think?
2: Uh, I think a jacket is more fashion based Like uh, a blazer, Um, you can wear it, you know, indoors, it's not even so much about protecting you from the cold. It can be thin. A uh, a coat is definitely more for outerwear, a thicker lining, and it is designed specifically to keep you warm.
1: All right. Well, uh, this segment has grown cold, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts.
2: Here are the facts. When
0: talking about outerwear, a jacket traditionally does not go farther below the middle thigh. A coat is traditionally longer, often going just above or below the knees. That's
1: right. So we may think of a jacket as lighter or a coat as more formal, but there are so many varieties that according to fashion experts, the only two Mm -hmm. difference when talking about outerwear is length. So what does that mean as far as our points go, Helen? I'm going to say
0: no points. I think so (laughs) as well. What is our
1: score at the end of that round then?
0: At the end of that round, Jody Miller has zero points and Tom Bergeron has a point and a half.
1: Those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself.
4: Hello, I'm Oliver Wong, DJ, scholar, and journalist.
3: And I'm Morgan Rhodes, music supervisor and stiletto devotee. And we host Heat Rocks, a podcast where we invite our favorite musicians, writers, and scholars to talk about the albums that have changed their lives.
1: Morgan, what exactly is a
3: Heat Rock? It's a record that's like hot fire, combustible. Basically, just a really, really good album. We've taken a deep dive into Nigerian funk from the 70s.
5: He kind of had like a bad reputation. In, in town is just being like a sketchy dude, <laughs> and he was just making music that, for thousands of miles around him, he was the only person doing anything like that. Nineteen eighties teen comedy soundtracks.
2: This soundtrack always felt the same to me as, like, when I would find a, a great blazer at uh, a thrift store that I
3: could. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be me now. We've talked about Prince, Boys to Men, Kendrick Lamar, and everything in between. Heat rocks every Thursday here on Maximum Fun.
1: Do you like trivia? Well, you're listening to a trivia podcast, so I'm guessing yes. Well, you know what? I do, too. In fact, aside from hosting Go Fact Yourself, a highlight of my week is playing in a live trivia night with friends at a local bar. And the great people at Geeks Who Drink host weekly live trivia nights in over 1,000 bars, restaurants, and craft breweries in 48 states. It's free to play, you can win prizes, and the trivia is top-notch. Their editor-in-chief is six-time Jeopardy! champion Christopher Short. And if you really want to put yourself to the test, check out Geek Bowl, America's largest trivia night, hosted annually by Geeks Who Drink. The next Geek Bowl will be in Las Vegas on March 2nd, 2019. For information on Geek Bowl, weekly trivia nights, or their special theme quizzes, go to geekswhodrink.com. That's geekswhodrink.com.
0: Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself. Our score is Jody Miller with zero points and Tom Bergeron with a point and a half. Oh, yeah. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody.
1: Jody, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about the Exorcist, serial killers, and Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. Today we want to talk to you about Jack Daniels. Yay! All right. Yay. I was not expecting that much applause from the crowd. They want to Do talk about it too. You have some
2: Jack Daniels for me? Uh, well, we aren't a brewery, so
1: we we don't have that. Do you want a, uh, beer? We can get you yeah, a beer? We can get you a beer. Oh, that's okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I actually can attest because at an after-work gathering recently, I bought Jody a drink, and she wanted a Jack Daniels neat.
0: Neat. Uh, Wait, so was, does that mean no water, no ice, no nothing? Is this? Am I gonna get a point if I answer <laughs> correctly?
2: <laughs> is that true? You just drink it straight? I just drink it straight, <gasps> and it is different than if you ask for it up. Uh, neat is is in a rocks glass without ice. It's just straight up, but not chilled. Wow,
0: I wonder how they came up with that word, yeah. neat. Like, so
2: what happens? That's every about every all I could it. say after they <laughs>
4: had yeah, a drink. Yeah. Exactly, this neat. Is neat. Uh, <laughs>
1: So, so uh, you alluded to it earlier, but uh, how did you discover that Jack Daniels was a drink that
2: you uh, enjoyed? I yes, I was dating someone. I should say, sleeping with someone. uh, (laughs) And he liked Jack Daniels, and of course, I wanted him to like me, so I started drinking it. And he would, we were bartending at the time, so we would pour a little bit of Jack in a cup and a splash of Coke, and I would drink it. And then I just was like, I don't want the Coke anymore, and I started drinking it.
3: (laughs) And
2: it was, and I was like, I'd have a shot of Jack in between beers, and then beers was just like a calorie fill, like you would just fill you up. So I was like, I don't even want the beers. And then I just started sipping Jack and really liking the taste. I think you can like drink, there's a book called Eat for Your Blood Type. And there is also drink for your blood type, and I really feel like every time I drink it, I make great choices. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Sounds good to me.
1: That's right. I, I like any book that tells me to drink more alcohol. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so you don't like it in other cocktails? You just like
2: it I don't like it. A, I don't like any neat, mixers neat in rather. it. Yes, I don't like it chilled. I just like it straight.
1: Great. And then you said you've done some research on it as well. You'd you like to, to learn about the history of it?
2: I did. You know, I, I did because I wanted to know who Jack Daniels was. Was he a real person? Uh, you know, how you know how did he start this business and why? What's There's three different types of the main Jack... Gentleman Jack and Single Barrel and I've tried them all. Uh, so and I it's, wanted- a, it's a bourbon, right? It's actually a sour mash. It's a Tennessee whiskey. Ooh. But it's a sour mash meaning it, there's, it's mixed with a lot of different grains and wheats and stuff yeah. like that. And
4: interestingly, it. Sour Mash was the spin-off of the major <laughs> series that lasted for, what, 14 yeah. years. Yeah. There was Mash, there was After Mash, and then, and then, there, was and then there was Sour Mash. mash. Yeah. 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 That was yeah. my favorite, actually, yeah. Yeah. of all of them. Basically, Radar hammered, oh, uh, yeah. right. hammered.
2: Wasn't he always <laughs> yeah. hammered? Though? he was always I think, hammered. Yeah, that's right. how Trapper address, John lost exactly. his medical
3: license, oh, I think. Right. Didn't <laughs> right. It? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, all right, well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Jack Daniels to test your mastery in the subject with our expert-level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about Jack Daniels, each worth one point. Okay. Now, if you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints for any of these five questions. Oh, okay. Tom, do listen closely, because if Jody answers incorrectly, you know the correct answer. You can steal. By the way, Tom, how much do you know about Jack Daniels?
4: I don't know anything. All right, here go.
1: <laughs> Jody, in what state is Jack Daniels made? Uh, Tennessee. Ellen? That is correct. That is correct, of course.
2: <laughs> Duh. Duh. She's
1: like, well, Duh. I didn't know she was going to say it when we were chatting. <laughs> Number two, what number is prominently displayed on the front of every bottle of Jack Daniel's Black Label?
2: Oh, that's lucky number seven. Ellen? That is correct.
1: That is correct. Old number seven is actually how it's written on the bottle, but if it's lucky for you, we'll take it. It is. (laughs) Uh, It is lucky you're two for two. Let's see how you do with number three. Jack Daniel's gets the majority of its flavor from what source? Wow. um, You do have a hint available.
2: All right. I will take a hint.
1: Thank goodness, because I'm very proud of this hint. (laughs) Ellen, how about that hint? This
0: is a really good hint. It has a bunghole.
4: Oh. <laughs> Somebody's about to change their favorite drink, I think.
2: <laughs> it has a me? bunghole. I want more of it now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a a barrel. Helen, is it a barrel? It is a barrel.
0: Oh, it is a barrel.
1: Specifically, it is the charred oak barrel that uh, it is matured in. All right, Jody, you're three for Excellent three. Excellent
0: use of the hint all yes. around. Thank yes. you, everyone. That was a great hint.
1: Also, <laughs> bunghole.
2: <laughs> you said it. We said it so many times. We said yeah. bunghole so many times. Okay. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> uh,
1: number four. In 2016, Food and Beverage Magazine officially renamed the Jack and Coke for what late rock star?
2: Oh, God. Oh, I know this too.
1: Oh. Hmm. You do have a hint available if you'd like to use it.
2: I know, it's like, um... Oh, all right, I'll take the hint, but I'm, s- I'm so close to knowing it. But well, you can... You, okay, I'll take We can, I'll let, take you, hint. We can I'll let you I'll, talk no, I'll, take, I'll take the hint. All right, hint. we'll take that
1: hint. Helen, how about that second hint?
0: He was the front man
2: of Motorhead. That's right. Um, I'm just going to take a guess, because I've... Femi? Is it Femi? No, it's, it's not,
1: close,
0: but not.
2: It's not of Femi. Funny. Tom, with a chance
1: to steal. I'll go with Yanni. Was it Yanni? <laughs> I'm sorry, was it Laurel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neither a Laurel nor Yanni. No, no, I'm sorry, you were very close. It's Lemmy. 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 Oh, Killmaster Lemmy. M- yes, Motorhead. Right. Let's see if you can bounce back with question number five. This okay. is going to be interesting. Here we go. In the 150-year history of Jack Daniels, there have been only eight master distillers. Name one of them.
2: Uh, can I get a hint for that? Oh, no,
1: I'm sorry, you're I all out more, of hints. hints.
2: A yes. master distiller. Uh, I'm assuming Joseph Daniel, is that?
1: Helen, Joseph Daniel? No. No, I'm sorry, not <laughs> Joseph Daniel. Not Tom the the chance to
4: steal. No idea.
1: No idea. Uh, you, were, you were pretty close. Actually, The one of the first ones was Jack Daniel. Well, oh! That,
2: that's oh. His, but his real name is Joseph Daniel, I believe. <gasps> Thank you. Uh, You've got to give her a
4: point for that. I
1: think, I think we have She's to give her a point. Uh, yeah. we will, uh, Can we look oh, it up? We have an expert on hand. Uh, expert, is that correct? <laughs> expert? It is not correct. I'm sorry. No, we have verified it is Joseph? not. It was not actually oh. Joseph. Perhaps we will talk about that in the, okay. in, in a moment. Okay. Uh, no, uh, there are eight. The very first was Nathan Nearest Green. Then Jack Daniel. Then, of course, Jess Motlow Lamb Tally, Jess Gamble, Frank Bobo, Jimmy Bedford, and the current master distiller
4: Jeff Arnett. I loved how you said "then, of course." I know, as yeah. if you knew it. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a little host trick I picked yeah, up. There you from go. Yeah, you yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, the Pasadoba. The, the yeah, sure. yeah, It all makes sense. <laughs> uh, all right, that was, that was difficult, but now here's your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is okay. time for your cluster fact.
2: Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> you guys are so good at that. <laughs> this scary. question is so
1: high level, we're bringing on an expert to assess your okay. response. The answer is worth up to three points. and I have a feeling you're going to do quite well on this. Jack Daniels makes several varieties or expressions of its whiskey, like its seasonal winter Jack and its limited edition gold medal series. But aside from old number seven, there are eight expressions of Jack Daniels that are available year-round in the United States. For up to three points, name three of these eight varieties.
2: So besides the regular old number seven? Right. uh, Single barrel, gentleman Jack, honey Jack.
1: All right, Helen is noting those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with
0: us tonight, we have the U.S. brand ambassador for Jack Daniels, E.T. Tikoski. E.T. Tokoski!
1: Have a seat there, E.T. Nice of you to join us. Thank e. you. E.T.,
0: did you bring any Jack with you? Did you?
1: Maybe, maybe. Oh, we'll see how we'll see how Jody Yay! did. Right? Uh, well, first of all, tell us, what is a brand ambassador for Jack Daniels? A great job. I was going to say something <laughs> yeah.
2: Something I hope to be. Yeah. yeah,
1: I have a feeling it's not a hard sell to get people to want to, want to talk no. to you about Jack Daniels. No, tell us it, about what you do in that position.
5: You know, it's uh, a lot of research out in the field, you know, yeah. making sure they're doing the right thing at the distillery. Mm-hmm. I got to check bottles all around the country. Um...
0: You seem shockingly sober for having this job right now. This
5: is after four drinks. This is I get to to even. And then I go from there. Um, but, you know, it's a lot of uh, trainings, cocktail development. It's a lot of hosting dinners. It's a lot of fun, you know?
3: Very cool. How did
1: you get a gig as a brand ambassador
3: yes, for Jack Yes, please tell Andy? me yeah. how.
1: <laughs> We're how about to go on does? hiatus. I how think Jody really wants to know. The, uh,
5: you know, again, a lot of research. Did my homework. Um, but I, I come from bartending. So I bartended in a uh, place in L.A. called Jones. My favorite
2: bar that has all Jack Daniels lined up against the wall. So when I
5: got that gig and I saw that wall of Jack, I felt like I was home. And because of all the Jack love there, a lot of the reps would come in. And then one day, like, hey, can you do this thing for us? I'm like, sure. And... And the next time, like, can you do this thing? And then eventually, here I am.
0: Wait, so they pay you to travel around the country and, like, check up on Jack?
5: Basically, yeah. I mean, if you want to just, you know, whittle it down to one thing, yes.
0: This this is the coolest job ever.
5: I will say, funny, before I actually worked for Jack Daniels and I just did one-off gigs, sometimes I'd have to drive to San Diego or, you know, wherever. And they would say, you know, keep track of your miles. We'll pay for your mileage. And after, like, the second trip, I said, you know... Keeping all that math is kind of hard for me. If you just want to pay me and Jack for my mileage, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> and because I, I know liquor reps, they have stuff in their cars, you know, when they go to accounts. So I'm like, oh yeah, that mileage thing. Like, oh yeah, pop the trunk. There you go.
1: <laughs> you were working it. Yeah. Uh, and how often do you get to go back to the uh, to the homestead and uh, to the distillery, which is in Tennessee?
5: Yes, Lynchburg.
1: Uh, I probably get
5: there every quarter, so maybe mm-hmm. four times a year, <gasps> sometimes more.
1: Uh, now, you heard uh, you heard Jody, uh, I believe, referred to something about white trash. Uh, I heard a lot drink? of things that she said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: how, how do you describe the brand in, in perhaps less colorful terms? Jack Daniels has
5: been around for, you know, 150 plus years. Yeah. So we like to say, you know, from bikers to bankers and everyone in between, you know, Jack Daniels kind of fits everywhere, right? From Sinatra to Jimmy Page. So it's it's a brand that I think has transcended being a brand and is more of a way of life.
2: Let me just clarify. Yes. yes.
5: Thank you.
1: Applause. Cl- applause for whiskey.
5: Let
2: me clarify. When I say white trash loyalist, because I'm from Jersey. I'm not so much calling Jack. And I've gotten into many a fights uh, at bars lately, especially with like very hipster bars. I was in Colorado and a lot of bars, for some reason, we won't carry Jack. And they try to push bullet or other. Right. Uh, and they're like, we have so many other bourbons and I will get up, especially if I've had several jacks <laughs> and, and proudly <laughs> announce that it's the number one selling spirit throughout the country. And the fact that they don't carry is a disgusting disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> and then storm out and they're like, who was that drunk girl? <laughs> uh, make sure she never comes back in here again. Well, so when I say that, it's more about, yes, I'm white trash loyal because yeah. I'm Jersey and it's my Hey, it's I'm my Philly, guy. so we're neighbors. Yeah, there we go. Awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about
1: the the, about the history. You mentioned the the eight master distillers, uh, and you heard uh, Jody say that Joseph was
5: is Jack original originally. It, uh, what, name what actually is
1: his real name? It's close.
5: It is a J. Um, Jasper Newton Daniel was his oh. legal name. Oh, it's Joseph. All
2: right.
1: Now, uh, Jack Ennis <laughs> is owned by Brown Foreman, which is out of Louisville, Kentucky, and Correct. I heard that they actually wanted to move the distillery or add a distillery in Louisville, but the, but the water didn't quite measure up.
5: I don't. I never heard they wanted to move, uh. but I think the reason they would never move, that same source of water that Jack found as a little kid is the same source of water that makes all of Jack Daniels today. Hmm. So next time you see your fancy bartenders, you let them know that every single drop of Jack is made in Lynchburg by our water, our own barrels, all that good stuff.
2: Ooh, yeah. this is like take
1: that, Denver. Yeah. <laughs>
5: and
2: then they'll be like, there's the door, ma'am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is like
0: Brooklyn with the bagels. Right, it exactly. Is. <laughs> it is, you're right. All, right.
1: all right, well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game goes, E.T. You heard the question that we asked of Jody. Wanted her to name three of the year-round expressions of Jack Daniel that are available in the U.S. Helen, let's remind everyone of the first answer that Jody gave.
0: Jody said, single barrel.
1: E.T., is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. That's a point. In fact, there are are three varieties of single barrel, aren't there? Yes.
5: There's a single barrel select, there's a single barrel rye, and there's a single barrel barrel proof.
1: All right. But that accounts as one point for Jody. What was the second answer that Jody gave Helen?
0: Jody said Gentleman Jack.
5: E.T.? Gentleman Jack is correct, but that leads me to a point you made earlier about bourbon versus Tennessee. Mm -hmm. The reason Jack Daniels is not considered bourbon is because it's charcoal mellowed. Right? So it.
1: In we, those oak uh,
5: barrels with the bunghole. Well, that. I knew you wanted to bring the bunghole back, right? It's fun. Yeah. Um, but now it's out of your system. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We got a whole other
1: segment with Tom. I'm sure we're going to work it in.
5: The, uh, no, we make charcoal at the distillery and we pack it in these 10 foot vats and drip new make Jack Daniels over 10 feet of sugar maple charcoal. Think about like a Brita filter, right? It's right. a charcoal filter. It takes impurities out of the water and then you have clear, crisp drinking water, that charcoal mellowing does that to our whiskey, and that's what Jack was taught at a young age, and that is the reason Jack is Tennessee whiskey and not bourbon. And what what does it have to do with Gentleman Jack? Gentleman Jack. Good. Nice. Good. You're a good host.
1: (laughs) Oh, Um, thanks. I'm no Tom Bergeron, (laughs) but I do
5: all right. (laughs) The uh, Gentleman Jack is charcoal mellowed twice. So it's charcoal mellowed just like old number seven. goes in the barrel, matures its whole life and then we give it about three more feet of charcoal
4: just to kind of polish the edges so, so it's smooth. a nice. Because right? you hesitated before. You didn't just say, yeah, that's right. right. I mean, you kind of looked like it might be wrong. Not that I'm trying to, you know. You're
2: trying to take my point, Tom, aren't <laughs> yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm trying to take my point.
4: She's 100% right. It just brought me back to the, when <laughs> oh, she
2: said
5: right, that right, there was right. another reason Jack Got wasn't it. bourbon. So all I just right. want to clarify.
1: And then finally, Helen, what was the third answer that Jody provided?
0: Jody said, honey, Jack.
5: E.T.? That is 100%
0: Correct. <laughs> All right, three for three. Jody got the cluster facts.
1: Uh, the others were the Tennessee Rye, the Tennessee Fire, Sinatra Select, and the, uh, those three single barrels the, that we mentioned. Uh, Et, I uh, understand that you brought something for Jody because she did so well.
5: I did. She's so oh. good. All the way from Lynchburg, Tennessee, I brought you a bottle of Jack Daniel's Green Label that you can only buy in a few states. California not being one of them. So oh. I thought you might like this.
2: I love it. Oh. Thank you so much. And, E.T., if people want to
1: find more about you or uh, about Jack Daniels, where can they go? JackDaniels.com. E.T. Tikoski from Jack Thank Daniels. You Thank you so job. much.
4: <laughs> wow. You know, suddenly I realized the best I'm going to do is get a DVD of the <laughs> show. <laughs>
3: It's a a shame you didn't
4: bring enough to share.
1: Only one full, large (laughs) bottle for Jody Miller.
0: Can Can I come onto our show as a contestant (laughs) and talk about Tito's for three hours? (laughs)
1: We'll see about that. Uh, Helen, how about a score update as we go into our next round?
0: After that boozy round, Jody Miller has six points, and Tom Bergeron has a point and a half with a round of questions coming up. That's
1: right. We're going to talk with Tom about a topic he knows about,
0: plus later Tom and Jody will go head-to-head in our
1: Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself.
2: Have you checked out the Max Fun Store recently? We've got a bunch of cool new stuff.
1: For Bubble, we've got a t shirt, buttons, and more. Reading Glasses fans will love their new library book inspired shirt. And if you're a fan of beef, check back Friday for the debut of our Beef and Dairy Network merch. We've got all that and more from a
0: ton of Max Fun shows you love. So go check out what we've got and buy yourself something fun
2: at maxfunstore.com.
0: Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Jody Miller with six points and Tom Bergeron with a point and a half. Once again, here's Jake Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Tom, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about silent film
1: comedians, The Andy Griffith Show, and the crazy casting history of The Wizard of Oz. Today, we're going to ask you about The Andy Griffith Show. Oh, yay.
0: So wholesome.
4: You're doing the whole thing. All oh, right. yeah, that's fine. <laughs> My one wow. talent—I gotta get oh, it out right, there, there somehow.
0: Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Was your... possibly the whitest moment that we've ever <laughs> yeah. had what? on our on our show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us, uh, <laughs> tell us about how you got into the Andy Griffith Show and what you like so much about it.
4: Well, I just—I—I I was a kid when they used to do the reruns during the day, and it was called Andy of Mayberry. It, it, they wouldn't really? call it the Andy Griffith Show in the reruns while the original was still on the network at night. So that's how I first came to experience it and I just as I said earlier I just love the the dynamic duo of that show uh, Andy Griffith and Don Knotts I thought it was a comedy team that, that spoke to a sort of a modern-day version in the 60s of everything I loved about mm-hmm. the early silent film comedians that they just had incredible timing they obviously were, were very close friends I mean that just radiated off the screen and I just loved it, I, the same way I love the Dick Van Dyke show and, and uh, some other shows of that era. And have you watched it recently? Do you continue yeah, to watch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep up with it. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite episode of the Andy Griffith Show? Yeah, Man in a Hurry. Which Man one in that? a Hurry. And that's about a guy whose car breaks down in Mayberry on a Sunday, and he's desperate to get out of town. He's very self-important and things like that. And, and of course, everything in Mayberry thwarts him. The, the, the phone is like a, a, a sort of a, a party line that everybody in town uses, and on Sunday afternoons, there are these three old biddies who talk about their bunions and things like that. <laughs> so we can never get, and then that's, I think, the first time Gomer Pyle shows up as well. And, and uh, golly, the your garage ain't open on a Sunday, And and this guy just gets increasingly incensed, and then there's this lovely scene, and you wouldn't see this on network television now, where Andy and Barney are in rocking chairs in the front, and they start singing. They start singing like a hymnal. Mm. And this crusty, angry businessman starts singing along, too. It's very sweet. And uh, so it was was very much indicative of the best of the show, which was that small-town values have merit, that life can go by too fast, you should really take your time with it, and that friendships are important. So all that in the context of a comedy. Do I get a point for that? Because yeah. that, that was good.
0: I wasn't paying attention. I was texting. What? Oh, but- sh-
4: <laughs> God.
0: Uh, have you had a chance to meet any of the cast members over the years?
4: I, met brief- I briefly met Don Knotts at, mm-hmm. a, at a TV Land uh, ceremony. How great was Don
1: Knotts, by the way? He won, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he won five Emmys for that. He was nominated
4: five times. He won all five Emmys. And guess who didn't win an Emmy? Who did not? Andy Griffin. Wow. Yeah, Francis Bavier won one. Uh, Don Knotts uh, won several of his after he had left and come back as a guest star. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was so great. So it's weird
1: because he was so broad in some ways, and then so subtle and specific in others. Yeah, that's what it, I, that's what it, I liked That about
4: kind it. of echoed the honeymooners, where Art Carney won a bunch of awards, mm. and Jackie Gleason won nothing. Oh wow, yeah. interesting. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right, well now just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the Andrew Griffith Show to test your mastery in the subject with an expert-level question worth up to three points. Is that
4: going to involve a séance? Because most of them are gone.
1: <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> all right, we'll see. We got all a lot right. of high-tech uh, uh, instrumentation here. Uh, before that, we want to give you a chance to show off. So here are five trivia questions about the Andrew Griffith Show. Each worth one point. All right. If you want it, you are allowed a total of two hints for these five. Okay,
3: questions.
4: fine.
1: Now, Jody, listen closely because if Tom gets any of them wrong, <laughs> and if you can tear yourself away from that bottle of Jack Daniels, you <laughs> can steal. Glug
4: glug glug glug.
1: By the way, how much do you know about the Andy Griffith Show, Jody? Uh,
2: I know a little bit about it. I actually am friends with Karen Knotts, who is oh, Don okay. Knotts' daughter. Yeah, yeah. I directed her a one-woman show, oh, Tied wonderful. Up in Knots. She's wonderful. She's amazing. Yeah. So I got to learn a lot about her dad through her. So. And not,
4: not a lot of people know that there were several serial killers in episodes. That's of right, Griffin. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: it all's all saw coming full circle. Yeah, right. Great yes. Drinking Jack. There's and a re-
1: drinking that episode Jack. where they had the exorcism, yeah. that was great there, also. Yeah,
4: there's a reason <laughs> Floyd the Barber
1: disappeared. <laughs> 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 all right, Tom, here's your first question about the Andrew Griffith Show. The Andrew Griffith Show starred Andy Griffith, but what was his character's name on the show? Uh, Andy Taylor. Helen?
0: That is correct. That is
1: correct. Not to be confused with the member of Duran Duran with the same name. There you go. Uh, number two, what is Deputy Fife supposed to keep in his shirt pocket while on duty? A single bullet.
0: That is correct. That is also
1: correct. Yeah, another reason that show probably couldn't be made today. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, when Aunt B is selected for jury duty, everyone votes guilty, but she is the lone holdout. She just couldn't convict what Oscar nominee? I'll take a hint on this
0: one. I think I
4: I know this one, but I'm going to use the hint just to be sure.
0: It was his second of two appearances on the show. Each time, playing a different character. Jack
4: Nicholson. That
0: That is correct. That is correct. It was Jack Nicholson. Good use of the hint. There you go. Yeah. Now
1: that is not a pairing that you would uh, necessarily think of. Jack Nicholson and Andy Griffith.
4: Here's a. He's a. Here's an even weirder one Uh, on the Perry Mason show. Uh, Raymond Burr was out ill for a few episodes, and Betty Davis played a lawyer on one episode. How about that for a week? Really? Wow. We'll can I get an and... extra point for that? Helen, uh, uh, can you get an extra point? Well, no, that's okay. No, we uh,
5: All
1: right, right. right. Oh, you're three for three. Here's question All number right. four. Andy's first regular girlfriend on the show was played by Eleanor Donahue right. and was named Ellie Walker. What was her occupation?
4: Oh, that's good. Uh, Helen Crump was a teacher. Uh, I think... I'll take the second hint for Second hint, Helen. Yeah.
0: It usually takes eight years of study to earn the necessary degree.
4: A neurosurgeon. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I think I'm going to be wrong on this. but I'll, Cosmetologist?
1: Cosmetologist,
4: Helen.
0: It was not, not cos- a cosmetologist. Not a cosmetologist.
4: Jody, with a chance to steal.
0: A nurse. Was she a nurse? She was not a nurse. No, not a nurse. Huh. She went a little closer. She
1: was the pharmacist. Oh, the t- all, the right. Pharmacist. Okay. Yeah. all right. Okay. All right. Well, let's see if we can bounce back with number five. The town of Mayberry had a band that was not very good. What
4: instrument did Barney play in the Mayberry band? It would obviously, for Barney, it would be something that requires virtually no skill, I would think. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with, like, a tambourine.
0: Helen?
2: It was not a tambourine. Not tam- the tambourine. Oh. Jody, with a chance to steal. Well, those little wind bells, those little b- the bells, the, the, you know, the symbol, the, the triangle. triangle. Was it the triangle? The triangle. The triangle. It was not the triangle. Not
1: the triangle. You almost said it, though. It was the symbols. Oh! It was the symbols. He would come into the station playing them very loudly. Oh, all right. And crash. Okay. Uh, uh, all right, still, you did quite well in that round, but now here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. Okay, It good. is time Here, for your cluster fact. Here's where I smoke you. <laughs>
2: already smoking
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll bring on an expert to assess your response. There are many characters in Mayberry who never have any lines. There's Sarah, the telephone operator, Juanita at the Bluebird Diner, much of the Darling family, and the one this last question is about. Okay. He's a very little boy in a cowboy outfit who appears in a number of episodes but never speaks for up to three points. What is the character's name? Who played
4: him? And what is he always carrying? I think it's Clint Howard, Ron Howard's younger brother. Okay. Um, What were the other two parts? What was his character's name, and what was he always carrying with him? Character's name, I don't know. I don't know the other two.
1: Don't know the other two. All right, well, Helen has taken note of the answer that you gave. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight?
0: Here with us tonight is an award-winning actor with over 200 film and TV credits, including a recurring role on The Andy Griffith Show, Clint Howard. Clint
4: oh, Hammer, ladies and gentlemen! Can I tell you Clint. something? I gotta just say, with Clint, I, I, I was with uh, William Shatner last night at a, the Hollywood Charity Horse Show, and you famously appeared in an episode of the original Star Trek as well. Yes, in yeah.
6: the, uh, over 50 years ago. Over 50 years <laughs>
4: ago. And tell me if this is true or not, this is what I've heard, that your dad uh, actually talked to Andy Griffith, after seeing a scene with your brother that he thought would not play well as your brother got older.
6: My dad was, was a special dude, and he's just passed. But, but he, he was 32 years old at this moment, and he's from Oklahoma, so he had no business being there. He was in the room with these Hollywood writers, and they were starting to write Opie as a brat. See, Danny Thomas had a brat, right. and he got big laughs. And The Andy and Griffith Show was a spin-off of, of the Danny Thomas. Sheldon Leonard was a partner with Danny Thomas. We, we could probably just make all these people go to sleep. <laughs> uh, no, it was Sheldon Leonard that believed Andy would work on, on television. And so Dad stood up one day and said, You're making Opie a brat. And that really kind of threw everybody for a loop. And the executives all went to lunch, and Andy was one of them. They, you know, there was a team of writers. And they came back and they said, You know, Rance, you're right. The other characters can be wacky. Let's just keep the relationship between Andy and Opie Square. That'll be a good anchor. And, you know, my old man had some pretty good instincts. Mm -hmm. Do you actually have memories of being on the set, of of working on that show? I have memories of being around the set. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't really remember working on it. I I remember they used to be sponsored by General Mills. used to make Jell-O pudding. And we got a big box... I mean, there must have been a hundred little packages of pudding in this box. And I was really fascinated. (laughs) And uh, that I remember.
1: (laughs) That sounds about
6: right. As a kid, you remember the pudding. And I'll tell you what. The one thing I do remember in later life, because I very quickly kind of gathered my own career. In fact, Dad and I went down to Florida and worked on a show. And Ron stayed here with Mom. And Ron, not that he was left on his own, but as an actor... Mom really wasn't much of a director. He didn't really do any mentoring. She didn't do any mentoring. Uh, so, so, first of all, Ron was a great example. Five years older than me. Anything he, he was doing, if, if, yeah, I can do that, I can do that. <laughs> and so when the, when the studios realized that there was a kid that he... He wasn't shy. He wasn't afraid. I just started working, and Dad kept it really, really simple. And you know, I'm lucky.
0: Well, were you a chatty kid at the time? Like when you had to be on screen silent because you weren't, you didn't have any lines. Did they have to quiet you down, or? Well, what, like with a, an electric cattle prod or something? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what do you think happened in Mayberry, Helen? Yeah, uh, the
4: dark side of Mayberry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
6: no, no, I. Um, um, one thing dad taught was we were kids, but we were in an adult world making an adult wage and we better act like it. Mm. Wow. And we were prepared. And That's uh, tough lessons at two. Yeah. Uh, well, n- no, they're the right lessons. Yeah.
1: Professional. Be professional.
6: If, if you're doing the job and I, you know, not that I didn't feel some pressure to continue working, but every job, it came down to, Clint, do you want to do this job? There was, and, and one thing about dad and mom is they didn't take one penny of any money That's that we great. earned.
3: Wow. And dad
6: was under the theory that if he did, even if he didn't t- tell the children, they would know. Mm. And the children being breadwinners is a sure recipe for disaster. Yeah. Wow. So all of the school clothes, we never dressed well. Um, we didn't go on a lot of vacations. Um, but Dad was the breadwinner. Wow, Interesting. that's yeah. unusual. Yeah. yeah, no, he.
1: Re- uh, now, of course, Ron was on that show, and you've gotten to work with Ron uh, as he's embarked on an extremely successful directing career. You've worked with him on sixteen films, I read. Is that right? Uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't count. But oh, yeah, okay. there's been a few. I, you if know my what? My sister put me in a movie. I would count every single <laughs> one of them.
6: You know the ones I remember. What's the, that? The ones he don't doesn't hire me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That is a sibling relationship, for sure. Hashtag petty. (laughs) All right, well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here tonight. As far as our game goes, you heard the question that we asked Tom. We wanted to know what was the character name of the little boy in the cowboy outfit who appeared in a number of episodes but never spoke. We wanted to know who played him and what he was always carrying. Helen, let's remind everyone of the answer uh, that Tom Mm -hmm. gave. Who did did Tom say that that was?
0: Tom said Clint Howard. And Clint
1: Howard, who was it?
6: That's correct. All right. It was you. Right.
1: Yeah.
6: Leon had no last name. Kind of like Cher.
1: <laughs> well, that was the other question. So what was the character's name? Leon. It was Leon. And what was your character always carrying?
6: A what? peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh, well, guns. Okay. I had, guns? Well, yeah, <laughs> well, I remember the gun. I don't yeah. remember the... No, the I, had toy, I had toy guns. I mean, that's what really... Bob Sweeney saw me, you know, playing cowboys and Indians on the set and thought that was cute. He didn't see me eating a sandwich.
1: (laughs) And uh, Clint, if people want to see you, uh, what do you have upcoming, and where can people find your work?
6: I really, I don't have anything. I was in Solo. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in this movie called Appleseed, which was, uh, my dad played the lead, and it was a 15-day movie that they shot across the country. And it probably helped... um, help him meet his maker because 15 days and he was number one on the call sheet. Wow. <laughs> but I got to work with him and I, it was right towards the end of the show and it was a dramatic scene and uh, hopefully that, it's a film festival film. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not going to play on on 2,700 screens or anything, but look for it, Appleseed. Uh, Robbie Benson is in it, um, Adrian Barbeau is in it. Cool. So anyway, it's, uh, yeah, I'm in it.
1: Excellent, and uh, Tom or Jody, anything you'd like to ask of? Uh,
6: well, uh, this was
4: a real treat. I, I you know, I, uh, I'm glad I remembered that it was you. <laughs> uh, but no, that's that's a real treat, and you know, I have such respect. Everything I've read about your dad and the influence he had on you and your brother, and and the influence that, as you alluded to, that he had on the quality of that show going forward, because that relationship between the dad and his son was one of the cornerstones beyond that of Barney and Andy uh, who I think made that show work. No, he was. Uh, Ron and I you know, spent a lot of time talking
6: about Dad in the last six months and, and he was special. And um, boy, he made a lot of really good decisions. And he wasn't scared. Yeah. He, and one thing too, like when Ron signed the contract to ha- for Happy Days, mm-hmm. seven-year contract, mm-hmm. you honor it. Right, right. There was no, you know, everybody else renegotiated. Uh, no, you, yeah. uh, you honor it. So there was a, w- and and then he did not blink when it came time to negotiate and get serious about you know maybe suing ABC. Ron, um, you know, he had attorneys and but Dad was his kind of guide, and Dad just said screw him, you know. We got we're, we're in the right and and uh, you know, so uh, his instincts were correct.
1: Well, our instincts were correct to have you here tonight. <laughs> Absolutely, absolute such absolute a treat, Clint. Mr. Clint Howard, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> and gentlemen. and how about a score recap as we go into the final round? It Uh-oh. is
0: a tight game, Jay Keith. At the end of that round, Jody Miller has six points, and Tom Bergeron has five and a half points. Oh, oh. Oh.
4: And now it is time for our final round. Wait, call- can, I, can yes. I just say, I would have liked a peanut butter and jelly sandwich.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you got nothing. Jody got you the got jack. Nothing. We didn't, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: man. Uh, and now it is time <laughs> for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements. Each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Jody and alternate between each guest. The correct answer is worth one point. This will determine the winner. Here we begin. Jody, there was a 90s boy band named Another Bad Creation. True. Correct. Tom, there was a 90s boy band named Boy Zone. False.
0: Incorrect. Jody, Damn.
1: there was a 90s boy band named Caught in the Act.
0: False. Incorrect.
1: Tom, there was a 90s boy band named Jailbait. True. Mm- incorrect. No. <laughs> Jody, 90s boy band The Backstreet Boys were named after a flea market. True. Correct. That's right in Orlando. Tom, 90s boy band NSYNC was named by Justin Timberlake's mom. Yeah, fine, sure, true.
0: Correct.
4: Oh, God,
1: (laughs) The stakes have never seemed higher or more irrelevant at the same time. (laughs) Jody, 90s boy band New Kids on the Block was named by Justin Timberlake's mom. False. Correct. Tom, 90s boy band New Kids on the Block won a Grammy. True.
0: Incorrect. No, they were
1: nominated but somehow lost to Janet Jackson. Jody, 90s boy band Hanson has their own beer brand called m Hops. True, correct. That's right. And finally, Tom, nineties boy band Boys to Men has their own beer called It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to (laughs) Hefeweissen.
4: Please make this false.
1: (laughs) Correct. Let's give a nice hand to Tom Bergeron and Jody Miller. They've been through so much tonight. As Helen tabulates the final score. Helen, are you ready to
0: announce the score? I... And the final winning score. Be, what, what do
1: I say? Be gentle. What's it called? be gentle. Helen, are you ready to announce the winner of tonight's episode of Go Fact Yourself?
0: I am at the end of the game. Jody Miller has ten points and Tom Bergeron has seven and a half points. Oh. Jody Miller, congratulations!
1: Oh you are the facting champ on Go Fact Yourself. <laughs> Jody, what will you do with your championship?
2: Um. Wow. I, I'm probably gonna drink it. I'm gonna drink this entire <laughs> bottle of Jack Daniels. That's what I'm gonna do with it.
0: Jody, will you share?
2: Yes, Ellen. Of course, I will share.
1: The benevolent champion, Jody Miller. All right. That just leaves us to plug anything that you want to plug, Jody Miller. What have you have going on? Where can people find you?
2: Uh, you can find me at Jody Miller Comedy. You can see my tour dates. I'll be touring this summer, and you can watch Funny You Should Ask weekdays. Thank Jody you. Miller, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
4: Tom Bergeron, what about yourself? Well, in the fall, we'll have our 27th season of Dancing with the Stars, but more immediately, I'll be in the parking lot in a fetal position. <laughs> <laughs> the consummate host, <laughs> Tom Bergeron, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, a real pleasure.
1: Your co-host has been the lovely Miss Helen Hong.
3: Yes!
0: Yeah! Please follow me on the socials, at funny Helen Hong, at funny Helen Hong not the boring Helen Hong not the regular Helen just the, f- the funny Helen Hong at That's funny
1: Helen Hong and she is Helen Hong and she is funny uh, me I'm on Twitter at J underscore Keith on Instagram at jkeith.net all spelled out that just leads me to thank Tom Bergeron Jody Miller E.T. Tokoski Clint Howard Helen Hong please like us on Facebook follow us on Twitter and Instagram all at GoFactorPod and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts I'm J. Keith Van Stratton Good night. <laughs> Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like Minbra did. She said, I love this witty and fun podcast. I learn something new every episode, and I heartily laugh with glee. Thanks, Minbra. Helen?
0: Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. David McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Leora Bill Habib, Herbie J. Palato, Christian Malmine, Peter Ackerman, David Bianchi, Daniela Zeltzer, and Christine Velada. I'm Helen Hong!
3: (laughs) MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.